Welcome to the Collected Stories and Lies audiobook by Aaron Zevi. This story is titled, The Minion Man. It was the mezuz on the door that gave him away. When he bought the house, he wasn't going to put one up, but his sister had given him a hard time. Daddy would have been upset. Old man dead for ten years, but still ruling his life. So he had driven into the city and found a Judaica store on the west side, not far from the synagogue the old man used to go to, the one he stopped going to. Had bought a nice one, Jerusalem stone. Asked the handyman to fix it to the door. Send us a picture, his sister had urged. It's a mezuzah on the door. Send a picture. So he sent the picture. It's tilted the wrong way. It is tilted the wrong way? Yes. The bottom needs to be pointing towards the house. So the handyman came back. He felt bad about taking money for two minutes' work, but he took it anyway. He sent another picture. Nice. Is that Jerusalem stone? Yes. Nice. Did you say the bracha? Of course I said the bracha. He hadn't said the bracha. Or even put in the parchment. In the eyes of any religious Jew, any type of Jew, it was not a kosher mezuzah. All it was was a sign. A Jew lives here. Now this kid, this snotty-nosed kid, was standing at the door. Jesus, was there some Talmudic law against Kleenex? Why were all their kids snotty-nosed? He knew what he was going to say. He'd seen the cars the last few days, had heard the chatter on the street. The grandfather had had a heart attack. Street had been full of cars, but not today. Just a couple of vans parked in front of the house. He looked at his watch. It would be time for the evening prayers. The kid just stood there. Didn't say a word. Then wiped his nose with his sleeve. Jesus. Uh, Let me put on my shoes. He was wearing jeans and a sweatshirt. He wasn't going to put on a suit. No way he was going to put on a suit. But his sandals were a bit too much. He slipped on his black loafers. Okay, let's get this over with. It was the mezuzah. They had been waiting for him. Okay, he's here. Baruch Hashem. Okay, Mendel, let's start. Someone handed him a black kippah. A cheap one. Like from the funeral home. When was the last time he had put one on? Was it the funeral? He couldn't remember. And this one was ridiculous. Wouldn't conform to the shape of his head. It was perched on his hair like a teepee. He looked on the cabinet to see if there was another one. Maybe from a wedding or bar mitzvah, but there was nothing. He grabbed it with both hands and tried to press it down, but with little progress. A prayer book made its way to his hands, but he didn't open it, nor did he pray. His amen was Pavlovian, as was his half-step back during the Amida. It was a tick, a Hebraic Tourette's. The deceased daughter, I think her name was Rivka, this was her house, was the only woman in the living room during the prayers. She recited the mourner's Kaddish in a barely audible whisper. When it was over, he managed to mumble out his condolences. I'm sorry for your loss. Thank you for coming. Have a piece of honey cake. It's from Fleischmann's in the city. He shook his head and slipped out the front door. Fleischmann's honey cake. It had been his father's favorite. You got the Fleischmann's honey cake? Yes, Mom, I got it. From the city? 
Yes, from the city. Because they have it at the Publix, but it's not fresh. It's day old. You have to get fresh one from the city. I got it from the city. Good. It's your father's favorite. They sent a different kid the next day. This one was a chatterbox in comparison. Ema said you should come. Then he turned around and walked home. He had on a dress shirt this time, and he brought his own kippah. He found it in the back of a drawer from Josh's wedding. They already started when he'd walked in. He did a head count. Fourteen. Jesus, they didn't need him at all. Only needed ten men to start the prayers. Could he turn around and leave? It was too late. He recognized some of the men from last night, and there were a couple of yeshiva boys in their white shirts and black fedoras. Nobody gave him a book this time. Nobody looked at him twice. Rivka nodded at him, but they didn't exchange any words. He was out the door two seconds after the last Amen, but he hadn't even made it to the curb when someone grabbed his arm. It was Rivka's husband, Mendel. Tomorrow morning at 7.30. It wasn't a question. He didn't wait for an answer. Okay, then. He knew it was bad when his father was an hour late. His father was never late. Don't pick at the cake, his mother said. Wait for your father. The phone rang. Drunk driver in a semi went through a red light. Died instantly. It's God's will, said his sister. He stayed for breakfast after the prayers. Lox and cream cheese. Someone he hadn't seen before brought him a cup of coffee with cream and sugar. He took it black but drank it anyway. There was a photo album on the kitchen table. He leafed through it. A lot of pictures of the deceased from Israel. Nice shot of him on top of Masada and him leading a horror in front of the wailing wall. Then on the last page, a picture of him sitting in a 68 Mustang convertible. It was strange to see an Orthodox Jew in a 68 Mustang convertible. Even stranger that his father had the same car. Only three nights of sitting on low chairs and shaking hands with people he didn't know. May he rest with the souls of something or other in Jerusalem. Something people said. He didn't know what it meant. He nodded his head and he said thanks. He recited the Kaddish at the cemetery and once with his mother and sister back at the house. Then never again. He read the prayer to himself in English. There was nothing in there about God taking his father away. Nothing. The next morning, he was walking towards the house when he saw them, Rivka and Mendel and a few others he did not recognize, walking in his direction. He understood. They had gotten up from Shiva. The mandated seven-day period was over. The ritual was to walk around the block. He remembered walking around the block with his mother and sister. That part made sense to him. He nodded at them as they passed, and then he remembered. He called out, May you be comforted among the mourners of Zion and Jerusalem. It startled them. They didn't expect that from his mouth. You heard about Samuels? One asked. He hadn't. He didn't know Samuels. He shook his head. Ninety-nine years old. One week from his hundredth birthday, all of Lashalom. May he rest in peace. Be well, young man. He scanned the newspaper and found it right away. Avraham Samuels, ninety-nine years old. It was only three blocks from his house. He was able to walk. The street was full of cars. 
He stood at the doorway and made his way into the living room. Someone handed him a book, but he declined. He knew the prayer by heart. Yiskadal v'yiskadash. He heard a voice rising above the crowd. It took him a few seconds to realize it was his own. The Minion Man was originally published by Tumbleweed Press in Almost the Truth. It was narrated by David Hoffman. Music by The Nearly Missed, Kevin McLeod, and Technoax.